Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad, and thank you so much for listening today. I hope your day is going great. I uh, I have a coworker in the office who uh, loves to bash all things vegan. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what it is. He likes to just come over and uh, give me a hard time about it, which actually makes me think he's probably the closest one to converting. I know that sounds counterintuitive or whatever, but uh, anybody that goes this much out of their way to argue about it, it's like they want to talk about it. Like they want to hear the reasons, you know. (laughs) Um, Recently, he went off about how the Impossible Burger is, is more unhealthy than a regular burger. Um, totally false claim, by the way, (laughs) and I'll get to more about that a little bit later, but I love how people that are clearly not eating for health suddenly become all concerned about micronutrients as soon as a vegan alternative starts getting popular. Um, I should have dropped the, uh, okay, boomer retort on him, but I don't want to get into any generational hostilities with people. (laughs) Um, I did let him know that the Impossible Burger is not really trying to be a health food. Uh, I mean, it does have zero cholesterol and less saturated fat than a beef burger, but it's not exactly marketing itself as like a green smoothie replacement. And to be honest, I'm not the target audience for the impossible burger. Um, the CEO, Pat Brown, he's made it very clear that the people he's going after are meat eaters. Um, he has a very interesting story. He, uh, he's, is, was not a entrepreneur to start off with. He is a former biochemist from Stanford university and he wanted to figure out a way to help the environment. And, you know, he gets all these people together, these economists, um, environmentalists, and it, this think tank just never really went anywhere. And he really views this as a technology from a technology perspective. Um, I recently heard him say that, the use of animals as food technology is by far the most destructive technology on the planet. It, uh, it poses a major catastrophic threat uh, because cows produce more greenhouse gases than all modes of transportation combined. And they're not only that, but they're the biggest user of fresh water, also the biggest polluter of water. Um, 50% of our land use on earth is either growing feed or used to graze cattle. And this is taking the place of biodiversity of all the other plants and animals that were there before the factory farms came along. In the last 40 years, we've wiped out half of the wild animals that were living on earth. Uh, This continues to happen so fast, and the demand for meat is growing faster 
than the population. And what's interesting to me is that people know this. Uh, even if they don't realize the scale of the destruction, they're not surprised by it when they hear the facts. You know, whenever someone asks me why I'm vegan, I can usually give them a different answer because there's so many. Um, but one of my probably go-to answers is because of the environment. I'll tell them all the reasons that I just mentioned above, you know, about land use and mass extinctions and all of that. And they say, yeah, you know, that makes sense. I get that. And then they'll agree. And uh, later on, I'll see them having a Whataburger for lunch. <laughs> and what's great about the Impossible Burger is that it's sort of meeting people where they are. Because it's not enough to just try and get people to eat a whole food, plant-based diet. Um, we're conditioned to eat this way, and it's really hard to make changes like this. But we have to do something, you know? I mean, just because our parents and their parents did something a certain way doesn't mean that's a valid excuse to keep destroying the planet. Um, with our current system of feeding people on this planet, it's like we're playing a Jenga game and we're headed towards a tipping point. And that's why Pat Brown has approached this as a technology problem. The world continues to demand these foods and we're just making them the wrong way, he says. Um, feeding the planet with animals is also very expensive uh, much more so than with plants. Uh, this is why our government has to subsidize the meat industry. And it does so because they have this powerful lobbying groups that help politicians get elected that promote the meat industry. I mean, if we really had no subsidies, there'd be no such thing as a dollar menu. You know, a burger would probably cost you $12 just by itself. And it's just this cycle, you know, with the lobbyists and the politicians. And so they just ignore the giant elephant or cow in the room, if you will. And um, they continue to do business as usual uh, because politicians are in the business of getting elected, not actually governing for the most part. But all is not lost. I, uh, I had an economics teacher once, and he said that if you build a better mousetrap the world will come to your door. And I feel like the Impossible Burger might be just that. It is not your typical veggie burger. In fact, I almost don't like it because it's so close to real meat. They accomplished this because this team of scientists, they broke down what makes meat so tantalizing to people. There's just something that happens when you cook meat that doesn't happen with vegetables. There's that aroma that occurs. And this is so much of our sensory pleasure around food. It's more, almost more about when you walk into the restaurant and you smell the aroma that gets you sort of into enjoying that meal more. I think it's more about smell than taste. And so, you know, what is it about meat? According to, to Brown, 
it's the hemoglobin, that stuff that actually makes our blood red. Let me give you the official definition and not my uh, bro science. <laughs> um, it's a red protein responsible for transporting oxygen in the blood of vertebrates. It's a molecule comprises uh, four subunits, each containing an iron atom bound to a heme group. So that's what, that's what makes meat taste like meat. And what Brown figured out is that certain plants produce heme as well. So when you cook the Impossible Burger, it actually acts and looks like real meat because it it, it appears to bleed when you're when you have it in the frying pan, um, and this is due to it having that high concentration of heme. And this is, I think, what's been missing from the veggie burgers in the past. I think a lot of them have had the best of intentions, but uh, I'll be honest. There's most of them I don't like. I'm uh, I'm a fan of the black bean patties, but they're not really trying to be a burger. But um, some of the other ones, like they just don't have the right texture or the right color. Like I've seen some that are just green. And even me, the uh, kale-eaten guy, <laughs> I don't want to have a green burger. It just it doesn't seem right. But I think Brown has really really nailed this one but he's not really targeting this to me he's again this is he's going after the meat eaters here i think people don't eat meat because it comes from animals uh i think they eat it despite it coming from animals i i really do think that if they're given a product that meets up with beef on a nutritional and uh taste equal then they have no problem uh, you know, accepting the impossible burger. I've talked to a few non-vegans and they really like it. Uh, most of them say they can't tell a difference. There's a funny story about the, I think he's on CNN now. I can't remember CNN or Fox, but Glenn Beck. And, uh, he's actually not only a, a news pundit, but he's also a cattle rancher. So his producer played this little trick on him. They gave him an Impossible Burger and a regular burger. And so he's sitting there doing the blind taste test. And he said, well, this one's trying really hard, but obviously this one over here is the meat burger. And the one that he was pointing to was the Impossible Burger. <laughs> so I really do think that this is because he wouldn't just endorse this thing. I don't think it was a staged thing. Uh, he would not endorse the Impossible Burger being a cattle rancher. Um, I mean, we have to do something. You know, not only are we facing a mass extinction, but it's it's not just the species, but the wildlife in general is disappearing. Not just their species, but all of the animals. We're losing that biodiversity very rapidly. Um, I drove to visit my dad. He lives in Oklahoma. So it's like a six, seven hour drive. And all you see are cows. Uh, we didn't see, you know, chickens or uh, pigs, mostly because, you know, they're in what's called CAFOs or 
concentrated animal feeding operations. What's crazy is that pigs outnumber all wildlife on the planet two to one. And they're usually kept in rural poverty uh, areas and people are getting sick due to all the waste contamination in the water and in the air. And anytime we have, you know, a hurricane or some type of big weather event, all of that bio waste just goes into these neighborhoods and it's really causing a hard time for these folks. And not to mention the rainforest. I mean, I think it's a football field we lose every second. Uh, it's an alarming rate and it's mainly due to cattle ranching. The answer is here. We just have to be open-minded about it. So please go out, try an Impossible Burger the next time you want one. Next time you have that craving for a burger, I think you'll like it. There's several restaurants that are serving up Impossible Burgers, uh, most notably Burger King, uh, but you also have Red Robin, White Castle, what is it, Applebee's, the Cheesecake Factory, so check it out. I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, my, my social media poll says so anyway. It's very scientific. Uh, it was an overwhelming 100% on the response. You can find me on Instagram at the Coffee Buzz PC. Facebook is the Coffee Buzz Podcast. And of course, my little home on the internet, thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you next week.